Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the clubhouse. This is episode 83. We are live from the links here at Avon Fields. I'm your host, as always, Teach Butler. It is a beautiful Easter Sunday. And standing next to me this time, actually, folks, he is not on the screen. Mr. Kyle Wagner. Doge, how are you, buddy? I had to wait for Mitch yeah. there. Uh, or Max, sorry. Mm, absolutely. Uh, we're, we're sitting on the 8th tee box, doing well. Beautiful day out. Beautiful uh, day. Beautiful Easter Sunday. Hitting the links with some friends. And uh, we're going to have to do a little closest to the pin action here. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, maybe. I like little. to see it. <laughs> I like to see it. We, uh, we got a little scramble going. We got Max and Mitch and Dylan Teej. And, oh, yeah. And I'm taking up the, 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 the back here down a stroke to everybody. So we'll see gotta, what he can do. Got to come back on he the can, last two holes. He can come back. We, we believe it. Standing to my right, two young gentlemen, both in the MAC, OU, and Miami rivals themselves. Mitch Butler. Mitch, how are you today? I'm pretty good. How are you, T? I'm good. I'm good. Max, how are you? Doing great. Wait for the backswing. Awesome Wait for the backswing. Oh, hard left, Dill. That's tough. Right. Tough start there for Dill, but that's okay. Max, how are you? Doing good. It's a nice day out here on Easter and a beautiful course we're playing, so yeah. doing good. Absolutely, it's great to great to have everybody out here. In a few minutes, uh, maybe at the next tee box, we'll get into our warm ups here. But I wanted to introduce everybody, and with me, as always, friend of the pod, host of the show, now standing next to me, Dill. Dill, how are you? And what the heck was that shot, brother? It's a bad shot. It's tough. I thought I had my irons down. Oh, every time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> here, you can take it far. Take control I Take a hit. Yeah, we all. Uh, we're all struggling on this a little bit longer of a part three. I think it's a little intimidating that it's not 130 like we had been. Um, I'm on the I'm on the fairway next to us for the previous hole. We just had a ball ricochet off a tree behind us, and the guy in fr- the guy in front of us could not get on the green when we let him pass. Um, it was a par three, and he kept shooting over it. Where did that ball come from? We are all hanging out on the pole next door. Shoot. Little rattlesnake there. All right. That's going to lead us into our warm-ups here. We'll get into that in a second, folks. All right, we're going to swing it over to Dill for his warm-up here. Dill, what do you got here to start the show? Well, Ray's had a good uh, 1-0 victory opening day. And then we had another victory after that. And then we had a... A loss, so Razor above five hundred, three okay. games in. Okay. Reds are two, two and one. They had a good, they had a good outcome today. Yeah, Reds had a good uh, game. Today. I don't know what the final score was, but they're up ten to one. Eleven to one when I left, stopped watching. Golly, that's, that's a good that's game for for Doge's backswing. Yeah, Doge. Love that sound. With a freaking, that's Golly. a good shot. That's a little left or a little right of the yep. fairway. So Rays are looking good at least a little bit. Yeah, you know. Without it's, smell, okay. It's like, seeing, like a uh, tree on the right side. seeing the different faces uh, on each team is going to be interesting so far. I really haven't had a whole lot of time to watch any baseball yet, though. So. Sure, yeah. We'll maybe get a little time here coming up soon. Yeah. Buddy got engaged on Friday. Oh, nice. Had a good little... Shouts uh, out to Zach, right? Little shindig. Sure. Um, Mitchie Butts is about ready to take, take flight here. Tough crack. Tough crack. Woods. You go first here, Dill. You're up. 
standing next to me now, which is such a good thing to say. Kyle Doge Wagner. Doge, how are you playing today? And give me your warm-up while we got you here. Wow. Uh, playing just so-so. Um, but uh, no worries. We're, we're going to make a comeback here on the back nine. No doubt. Um, yeah, my, my warm-up this week, you know, obviously Final Four uh, going down yes. to a final. Oh Some gosh. crazy games. Baylor blowing out uh, with the... The family ties of the father-son duo coaching yep. against each other. So, son won that battle there. So, shouts to Baylor. Oh, here comes Dill. Oh, that's a good sound. Hang on over bit, there. Bit to the right. But, uh, And then yeah. we've got, obviously, we'll probably talk about the game a little bit later here, but Gonzaga-UCLA game, one for the ages. So Absolutely. Uh, I can't wait for it. Looking really forward one, to the championship it. here. Yes, absolutely. That's what I was going to say. I can't wait for it. Oh well, we'll pass it over here to Max. This is Doge here. I'm with the the M and M cart, the current leaders, um, here on the course, teeing off on eleven here. Wanted to go ahead and get some warm ups from you guys. You know, give us some stories from uh, from recent sports. Mitch, we'll go ahead and start off with you. Um, shout out the Pelicans for signing Isaiah Thomas for that ten day, yes, and respect Isaiah Thomas for going with Kobe too. I like that. There you go, it. Yeah. He'll be a nice addition to our point guard when we have Eric Bledsoe, who's more of a slashing guard, and then IT can give us more of the shooting. When you say we and us, so you're a Pelicans fan. Oh, I am a Pelicans fan. Good to know. Listeners, uh, we got a Pelicans fan in in Mitch Butler here. And then, uh, Max, let's go ahead and get get your warm-up here. So my warm-up, early this morning, as of Sunday morning, Jordan Spieth was in the lead, looking for his first win since uh, 2017. Be a nice little comeback. You're playing like Speed out here today, Max. What yeah. can I say? Hey, uh, Channeling you know, the inner Jordan. I Speed, came out swinging is. the links nice. Uh, hopefully we can keep it up here throughout the 18. Come away with a nice dub. Right, absolutely. And for my warm-up here, folks, I had the pleasure of being one of the 12,400 fans in Great American Ballpark here for opening day. Well, it might have been a loss. It was still a great game. Good effort. Suarez with a nice dinger. Jonathan India, rookie, making a big play. Great day out here. Great spring day. It was chilly, snowing actually opening day, but uh, still a good day out here. Good weekend, good Easter weekend. So without further ado, we'll move on here to our first quarter. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Joining us today is a very special guest, a former QB Gallardi finalist from SUNY Cortland with a 62% completion percentage rate. 2,712 yards and 31 TDs in 11 games that season. He's also been a scouting assistant, then a pro scout in the NFL, now coming off of back-to-back promotions and is the new QB coach for the Cincinnati Bengals, working with Joe Burrow, legend of the game, friend of the show, Dan Pitcher. Dan, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, guys. Uh, Happy to be with you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. So first question right off the bat, uh, what do you think has led to your quick rise up the ranks in the NFL so far? We know uh, you know you've been moving up here, like I mentioned earlier in that, you know, pro scout, scouting assistant, now QB coach. Yeah, you know, I think it's just um, a product of uh, taking advantage of, you know, opportunities that you work really hard to earn. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you just got to do the best with the with the duties that you're given. And um, you know, hope that, that people take notice and, you know, recognize that, uh, you can't take anything for granted because, uh, obviously it's a highly coveted, uh, profession and, you know, so I, I don't, you know, take anything for granted that way and just Definitely. keep working hard day after day and, and, uh, you know, hopefully I'll, you know, continue to have a chance to work at this level. Absolutely. Well, it's certainly paying off so far, so hopefully you can keep it up. 
Yeah. Doge? Yeah, so, you know, um, moving into year two, uh, uh, what are your points of emphasis, especially for Joe Burrow coming back from injury um, with, with the quarterbacks and, and the offense moving forward for 2021? Yeah, um, you know, we're excited to get Joe back. Um, and, and you know, he did a lot of really good things as a rookie. And, unfortunately, mm-hmm. his season was cut short. So, you know, really just be getting him back up to speed uh, physically. And, you know, I, I think he'll be very quickly back up to speed mentally, um, just mm-hmm. knowing the guy he is and how hard he works and, and how hard he works physically, too. I think it'll all happen pretty quickly. So excited to have him back, um, you know, and then really just kind of evaluate you know what we did well last year uh do more of it and and fix some of the issues that we had uh and then just just kind of try to hit the ground running early on because um you know it's important for us to kind of to come out of the gates here and and, uh, have strong showing and that's what we plan to do definitely certainly so for somebody who's not as familiar with the um day-to-day of like what a normal practice looks like uh in the nfl um, I guess what's the difference between kind of what we've seen on TV with the uh, show Hard Knocks versus what a normal day of practice uh, actually looks like? Um, you know, I think that you know I haven't spent a long time since I've seen that show. Um, <laughs> sure. You know, they True. they do a, from what I've seen of it, they do a pretty good job of of kind of giving you a representation. I think the the thing okay. that um, you know it, the days are long, um, the meetings are long, the <laughs> practices are long film sessions are long and and i think there's probably a lot less glamour uh (laughs) than what you would you might imagine um as a fan of the game or a fan of a show like that where it kind of all feels like uh, a movie it kind of all feels like uh, a tv show um and and in reality there's a lot of very unexciting moments um (laughs) and that's where you have to you know be able to just put the work in um do the you know, do the, the hard things that, you know, maybe aren't the most fun, but be able to do them day after day uh, to get to where you want to go so that when the lights are on, um, you're at your best. So I, I think that would be probably the one thing that maybe people don't quite realize is just how long we're here, um, how monotonous some of the stuff can be. It's not, uh, you know, they, they, they film a lot of hours for that show and turn it into a one-hour show. Right. There's a lot of, there's <laughs> oh, a lot yeah. of unentertaining uh, stuff that they <laughs> capture, So, but it's all good. Definitely. Yeah, I'm sure it's it's quite a grind in there some days, and other days I'm sure it's great. But uh, yep. So I kind of mentioned it earlier here. Um, you were a Gallardi finalist, which I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, is like the Division Three Heisman. Um, yeah, it's the it's the closest thing that they that in Division Three that okay. would, that would parallel that. Perfect. So, quick question for you then is like, what's your favorite moment from that season, or do you remember a play specifically that you made that year, and and do you remember who won that award? Who? a long time ago now i think right. that was 2011 yep um as far as the season goes it was a fun year um you know high point was probably um you know beating our rival ithaca um okay. at their place we beat them pretty good nice. um you know, i think we just had a good year overall um you know it was kind of it was my best year personally i felt most comfortable and so i have fond memories of it overall um you know, and then who won it? I believe it was a, I believe it was the quarterback of Wisconsin Whitewater. His name yep. is escaping me right now, but uh, I think he he won it that year. I'll double check you on that, but I believe that's what I saw earlier today too. Dosh. Yeah. Um, so in your in your time working, you know, whether it was playing in the you know D three level or once you've moved into to pro level here as a coach, uh, who have you seen that's been your 
your best locker room presence, uh, whether it's a player or a coach or, or someone that, you know, is really good to be around and keeps the morale up in those spaces? Um, you know, that's a good question. I mean, I think there's been, you know, the one thing I've, I think, taken away is that there's a lot of different styles of um, leadership or, you know, whatever. There's a lot of, a lot of different ways you can be a positive contributor to the locker room. Um, and so it just, you don't have to be one way. And so I think I've, you know, I've been around some, some good ones, some really good leaders. Um, you know, I think Andrew Luck was a really good leader in Indianapolis, uh, you know, on offense. Mm-hmm. And there were, there were different guys. There were, you know, a lot of defensive guys that have been there for a while that did a good job. And, um, and there've been guys here too. Um, you know, and I think, I think Joe is right now a guy that I would look at is that that's going to be important for him. Um, and he's, he, he fully accepts that role and he, he goes about it his way and he, you know, this, this will be his team and, um, you know, and he'll do a really good job that way as well. Yeah. I think with a couple of Bengals fans here, uh, listening very to that, to it's a uh, great news for them. So, um, he's been a pleasure to watch so far, uh, even dating back to college when we actually saw him play down in, uh, in Florida, um, when he was at LSU. So, He's been a pleasure to watch, certainly. Um, kind of, you know, going into what your game day preparation looks like, um, I guess, what is your role specifically during the game? Are you sitting there with a tablet, going over defenses, reviewing it with the, the backups when Joe's on the field? Or I guess just take me through what your game day typically looks like. Yeah, um, you know, during the game, uh, when the offense is on the field, you know, I'm you know, right up on the sideline watching on the headsets. There's always, there's an ongoing dialogue um, between the offensive coaching staff, just kind of discussing what's going on in the field. Um, you know, if we have any input in terms of, you know, information we think the play caller should have, um, you know, as he's making his decisions and, and what we're going to run. So that's, that's what's going on when we're out on the field. And then when the series is over, um, you know, we go, we split up into, you know, our position groups. And so we're over there on the bench and it's, you know, it's, uh, myself and, and Joe and Brandon and, you know, whoever else we have over there. Um, and we're flipping through the pictures. We're you know making sure that what we saw in real time was actually what happened. Um, mm-hmm. discussing any issues that the defense may have presented to us that we didn't expect confirming that they're doing what we did expect and then communicating between the position groups if there's anything that needs to get fixed before we go back out for the next series for instance if there was a a blitz that they brought that we weren't and you know they hadn't shown and maybe we have to make a certain adjustment to one of our protection rules to get it picked up the next time you know we got to make sure that the running backs and the line and the tight ends and everybody's on the same page so it's important that you can digest that information quickly uh discuss it between the position groups make any changes that you need to make before you're back out there because you have to you got to be able to react fast mm-hmm. um and you know because if a team gives you a look and it gets you once you can't let them get you with it again certainly uh, there's just not enough plays in the game um so you got to be able to, to make those adjustments and that's really what we prepare all week for so that you go into sunday with the information at hand that will allow you to to make those adjustments on the fly and that kind of leads right into uh the next question that i was kind of curious about is I mean, there's a pretty short halftime relative to how much information each game presents with uh, each week. So how do you really make those halftime adjustments or what does the halftime typically look like for, are you guys splitting off into your position groups again? Um, Yeah, you know, it's, it's, we go in, um, 
you know, you have you have a couple minutes as a staff, as a coaching staff, to kind of discuss, you know, um, and and you and you're having this dialogue during the first half too. So when you get into halftime, it's not like you're starting from scratch in terms sure. of what you think needs to happen. There's you've already had plenty of discussions about what's going on in the game and what you think you need to do going forward. So you confirm mm-hmm. some of those things as a staff, um, and then you know the the head coach or the coordinator will will address the unit and. You know, talk about what happened, what we think is going to happen going forward, and then you have a little bit of time, you know, to talk to to your position group and you know confirm anything, any questions they may have. But like you said, it's not a whole lot. Of, it's not a lot of time, um, you know. Right. So you're in there and out of there quickly, and and you're back out for the third quarter. So you got to make the most of what little time you have. Cool. I know that they say, now you can correct me uh, or correct them, I guess, if they're wrong, but that they script like the first maybe ten to fifteen plays of a game. Like if that isn't working at all, how quickly do you scrap that plan? And like, and you know, how can you tell that the game plan isn't working like right away? Or do you kind of give it some time? Oh, that's a, that's a fair question. I think different um, different coaches have different philosophies on that sure. um, in terms of how how much you want to script and how quickly you get off script. Um, you know, I would say in general, what happens is you have, you go in with a sense of these are the plays that I want to call early in you know, a normal down and distance situation. So mm-hmm. this, once you're out of that, meaning once you get into a, you know, you're back, you're back up deep in your own end, or, uh, you know, you get a second and long, or you are into the red zone, or right. you're now into third down. Now you're into your, your different areas of your call sheet that are built for those specific situations. Okay. So you kind of, you kind of toggle between here's my script. Now I'm into this such situation. So now I okay. have an idea of what my first third down call is going to be. I have an idea of what my first red zone call is going to be. Um, so it, it's not as simple as, Hey, here's a list of 20 plays and I'm going to call them all in order. Right. From, you okay. know, you're, you're, you're taking in information as the game goes. Um, and, but you, but you know that, Hey, th- this is what we thought all week that the, you know, this group of plays is going to be a good way for us to start this game. So we want to make sure we get them off the call sheet, see what the defense gives us and then we'll adjust from there. Okay. Yeah, no, perfect. That's kind of similar to what I thought, but, um, yeah, definitely some more insight there. I appreciate that. So to take a little little 180 turn for a second here, get a little away from, from football, you know, we've got some inside sources say that you're really into rowing, other things like <laughs> that. You know, what what other sorts of non-football hobbies are, are you into that you, you do when you're away from the field? Um, yeah, that's that was, that's kind of been an activity that my wife and I picked up when we moved here to Cincinnati. Um, there's a there's a rowing studio in Columbia, Tusculum um, okay. that we we belong to. We neither of us has ever have ever done it on the actual water, <laughs> but it's uh, <laughs> I did. It's it. a I've good... done it on the water once. It's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's been it's been good. It's uh, the 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 studio is called It's Working Out, and there it's it's a nice great community of people, and uh, it's been a good way for us to to stay in shape. My wife's actually an instructor there. Oh, cool. Um, so yeah, that's that's you know we I you know like to try to work out as much as i can that being one of them like to play golf a little bit uh nice you know i'm a big baseball fan i was at the reds game yesterday so i try to try to kind of keep up on them and dang you saw a good uh, one too my gosh yeah they're playing well right right now so there's a lot of fun to watch but just kind of the normal stuff absolutely hey maybe we can get on the course together you know we we all golf a little bit (laughs) yeah we'll see we'll see Uh, the free time is a little bit few and far between right now i'm sure i'm sure i don't think that was a part of the question right (laughs) i'm sure that it is awesome man 
So before we get into our wheel of debate, we got to give a shout out to our sponsors here. We want to first let you know where you can find our clubhouse specific stuff on social media. On Facebook, we are the space clubhouse, which is clubhouse is all one word there. So make sure you got that going. And then on Twitter, we are clubhouse, all one word, underscore TCSN, which stands for the Cheap Seats Network, which I'll be talking about here in a second. And on Instagram, that is also the same handle. So clubhouse, all one word, underscore TCSN. You can also find some of our stuff and potentially the pick and roll report, as well as some other things coming soon on the Cheap Seats Network. And on Facebook, that's four words there, nice and simple for you, the Cheap Seats Network. And on Twitter, it is the underscore cheap underscore seats. And we used to have SN there for Sports Network. And one more shout-out before we get back to our interview here with Bengals quarterback coach Dan Pitcher. we got to give a shout-out to our marketing guys at Platinum Digital Solutions. Jarrett and his buddy down there in Florida, they're really kicking butt for us, making some awesome graphics and sharing our posts and doing a bunch of other good stuff behind the scenes. So shouts out to them. If you have any marketing needs, give them a shout-out. So thank you guys for listening, and uh, here comes another good part of our interview with Dan Pitcher. Moving on here into our uh, our next quarter, we're going to do what we call the Wheel of Debate. So we have just some general questions or some more, a little bit more loose questions, uh, not necessarily football related, uh, more about you personally. Then we're just going to spin this digital wheel. We're working on getting a physical wheel. It's one of our goals here for, for 2021. But right now we just got a little online website. So let me spin this wheel and we'll come up with a question here. We got about a few in here we can do. So. All right. Okay, so I think this is an, a good good one to start with. What would be your dream coaching job? True. Uh, yeah. If you need some time to think, I can start because I, I know mine right away. Um, go ahead. So I'm a big basketball guy. I'm a huge Celtics fan. So I would say, for me, I would coach the Boston Celtics. Dill, what about you? Uh, I would really enjoy being like a baseball manager okay you know what i mean and being the tampa bay rays fan that i am uh, oh, i don't yeah. know how long they're going to be in the trap but just to be the manager kind of you know on one knee looking over the field in the dugout um down in tampa would be pretty ideal for me that'd be a dream come true doge what about you uh i'll, I'll keep it in in Cincy here uh i i think you know Outside of baseball, I I would probably want to do a soccer manager. Oh, that'd be work cool. With all sorts of talent huh. from from all over the world. Um, so I think I would I would stick to FCC if they were to throw out that that coaching position. You know, toss the resume in there. Any Cincinnati coaching job would be uh, awesome, so, dude, for yeah, sure. But Cincinnati uh, ties would be pretty sweet to be back home with everybody. So what about you, Dan? Maybe an old high school, going back to coach your old college, uh, big NFL program. Yeah, no, but you know, those would be fun. Uh, you know, I'll take the I'll take the easy way out here, and uh, you know, obviously, I I have aspirations to you know, hopefully someday be be able to to be a a, a coordinator and, and, and a head okay. coach. Uh, but but you know, right now, honestly, this is I don't I don't think there's a better job that I could have at this stage in my career than the one that I have, um, and I'm I'm fortunate to have it. I'm coaching a great young player, um, and you know, so it's it's uh, this is the one. Really, truthfully, I mean, this is to be a to be a quarterback coach was 
a major goal of mine, and and I'm here, and I'm really not looking past it. So yeah, you can't uh, you can't ask for much more with your mind and Joey B's mind together, man. That's that's a match made in heaven, I'd say. Um, yeah, it's it's a good spot. Let me roll this. Let me spin this wheel again here. Okay. Okay, this one a bit easier. A bit easier here. And I and hopefully you've got an answer. Some people haven't haven't gotten one for us. Uh Skyline or Gold Star? Who? Uh this might be sacrilegious Uh-oh. given that that I'm that I'm now been a Cincinnati resident for uh close to six years, but I don't know that I've had either, to be honest with you. Oh man. So, oh. so that may I may I may have completely uh <laughs> disengendered myself to a large segment of the population but uh it's, you're gonna I've get gotta, a bunch of people asking you to go now i'm sure <laughs> yeah yeah i gotta go i gotta go check it out <laughs> well just for our preference we recommend skyline we're a skyline podcast here all right. so all right that's all right. where well, we I'll go your, i'll take you i'll take your guys word for it <laughs> okay perfect um well we'll throw it back and sit since you haven't been there what would be your favorite place to eat in cincy then Oh, um, there's a lot of them, you know, we, we live in the Mount Lookout High Park area. Um, and so we like, there's, you know, there's a bunch of spots there that we like to frequent. Um, you know, we like E&O a lot. We like Delwood. Um, the precinct is great. Um, you know, so there, those are, there's three spots kind of right there that are, are close and, uh, but they're certainly not the only ones that are right in that area that we enjoy. No, those are great. Yeah, the precinct's uh, a good staple of Cincinnati. I'm glad that we have, have yeah. the Jeff Ruby's in general, but we actually just went there a couple weeks ago. Yep. and very good. It's, uh, it never disappoints, that's for sure. No, it does not. <laughs> okay, so let's just, do we want to give ours or real quick? Yeah, you go first then, Dill. What about you in Cincinnati? Oof. Um... Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it a little bit more generic because I don't have anything off the top of my head. But I like going to some of the local spots here. I'm not a big chain restaurant person, um, so if there's like a cool uh, local place around, or there's a lot of local Cincinnati chefs too. So like, yeah, you know, if you go down to OTR, they have some cool spots down there. Um, really, just keeping it local. I'd rather go to a local place than whatever chain. Sure, no doubt. Uh, yeah, that like my spot's always Quatman's Burgers. Um, always a good place to go. Never fails. It's a classic diner style place to eat. They got good pulled pork and, and chicken strips as well. So I highly recommend Quatman's. Doge, what about you? Yeah, so this one's kind of over in your neck of the woods. Then Dan is a. Uh, I I like going to Eli's Barbecue. It's over Ooh. there on the. East oh, side. that's a great one. Yeah, it's a great one. Yeah. Love Eli's. Yeah, so you still you still live right across the street from there. There That's you go. Yeah, All right. yeah. Bring a cooler over, you know, just pick an entree, pick a side. That could be dangerous. Oh, even yeah. numbers. Oh, it's it's good stuff. It's good stuff. <laughs> I love that place. Okay. We got two more for you, Dan. Is that all right? Sure. Okay, perfect. Sure. Let me spin this wheel one more time here. Okay, this is one we might have to speculate on, but you'll probably have a bit more data on. What's the hardest stadium to play in? So we'll give you our thoughts first, then you can tell us if we're completely wrong or if you think that's right. Or I guess maybe coach in too, since you've coached in the NFL here. I'll go first. I'd have to say Arrowhead Stadium where the Chiefs play. You know, that place gets so loud, and now that their team is, is such a quality team, I think that's probably a really tough place to play, especially at night. So I would say Arrowhead Stadium. Dill, what about you? Yeah, so, I mean, first off, I... 
would love to have the opportunity to somehow play in these, which yeah, right, we won't, course, I don't right. think we'll know about ever. No. But um, I, never know. I think that Seattle, <laughs> uh, between the weather, the noise of the crowd, yeah, and oh, yeah, I didn't think about Seattle's that. typically a pretty quality team as well. So I mean, they're they're never an easy out. Um, no, nope. so I would have to go with Seattle. Okay. There's a little bit of rain, fog too, and oh yeah, definitely. Maybe it's difficult to see with the lights shining down. I don't know. Doge, what are you thinking up there? You know, I I think both those are huge picks because Arrowhead they like broke the decibel record or whatever, and then they've got the twelfth man obviously in Seattle. But I'd say probably being an away team going into Lambeau, especially towards Ooh. the tail end of the year, I bet you that's a challenge. Feels like you're probably getting tackled on concrete. Yeah, the tundra is really probably cold tough. weather, so. I'd say that's probably a tough one coming out of town, going into Lambeau. Those guys know what they're playing in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. maybe get it once a year, once every few years. So Definitely. All right, Dan, how do we do? And, and are, do you have any others to add? Uh, I think you guys hit most of them. I mean, it's hard to win on the road regardless of where you are in the NFL. No doubt. Um, and so it's always going to be a tall task, I would say. Um, you know, the places where you are you have a high likelihood of, of hitting bad weather, particularly late in the year, mm-hmm. are always tough. Um, and then when you play those with loud crowds, um, you know, I can think of some playoff games in New England when I was with the Colts that uh, that was a really tough place to go into. Um, yeah, you know, Buffalo can. can be hard. Buffalo can be hard combination again of weather and, and a, now that they're playing a lot better. You know, they've yeah. always had a really strong fan base, but now they've got even more to be excited about. That's tough there. Um, you know, Seattle. Everyone talks about Kansas City. You mentioned. The other one that I would say is a, is sneaky loud um, that okay. you don't necessarily hear a lot about. Um, so a couple of the loudest games I've ever been at, uh, actually Houston. Uh, okay. Houston when, when they when they've got it going down there, uh, that that cl- that crowd gets really loud. So it doesn't really matter where you are. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to have your communication ready to go and and just count on the mm-hmm. fact that you're not gonna be able to hear each other um, and uh, and do your mm-hmm. best to get ready. I'm just glad you didn't say Pittsburgh with those terrible towels. I'm sure that's a, a tough place to play for sure, man. No, no, it's, it, it's hard to play too. Like I said, they're all they're Actually, I'm sure, yeah, there's not, there's not one that's easy. That's that's for sure. Okay, last one here, and we were saving this one for last, so we're not spinning the wheel on this one. Game on the line. It's fourth quarter, last play in the Turkey Bowl. So the stakes aren't as high. What play are you going to run? I'm assuming you're the quarterback of the family game there. What play are you running? Who are you going to run it to in order to secure that Turkey Bowl victory? Oh, man, you didn't, you didn't give me enough information. you got to tell me what yard line I'm on. you got to tell me. <laughs> oh, you're right. The, okay, let's say. Well, you know, it's a, everybody's got a different backyard, you know, where it's like the, the <clears> half field at my backyard you can anybody can make that throw, but I don't yeah. know about Dill's backyard. So yeah, watch out for the bush, the random basketball hoop. Or let's call it. Like let's call it fourth and goal, five yards out. All right, fourth and goal from the five, huh? Yeah. Um, well, if I'm playing quarterback, we're in trouble. <laughs> uh, but uh, but uh, you gotta you gotta give your guy with the ball a, a chance to to use his legs and extend the play. So give him yeah. some type of some type of. Uh, ability to, to get out of the pocket and move a little bit and extend the play and uh make the best of it so i i, I don't i can't give you a specific call but uh no better, I, that's enough for me better, just get better. out get out in the little bootlet boot or something you know get get moving i like it yeah the other the other thing you got to remember when you're down at the five yard line is it's about players not plays so yep find your find your best player and 
and figure out how to get him the ball. I was going to say, in, in my situation, my brother Ben's about 6'4", so I know I'm going right to him, and that's what I'm doing. No, like There's nobody's going to stop him in our family. He's too tall. So that's how it would go in the Butler household. Dill, what about you? So this can uh, – anyone who used to play with me growing up, first of all, we would play nonstop uh, yeah. until we all moved out of our neighborhood. We had a great neighborhood of people who would play together, but they know me for always – running out of the pocket for no reason just so I can throw on the run. So um, I would probably say some sort of uh, crossing route in the middle with a little bit of a natural pick, if you will, so okay. you don't get that called, you know, yep. the flag there. Um, <laughs> and then have a little rollout to the right with a, a nice little toss back corner of the end zone, uh, lay it in there with some finesse over the defender, and let the wide receiver do their work. Uh, would be would be kind of what I would do. I I trust the throw that I can make. Okay, it's just the hands I'm throwing yeah. to. So sure, bang. <laughs> All right, jeez, making the play. Doge, what about you up in there in Clee, buddy? What do you got? I guess your game would be down here in Kentucky. Yeah, it would be. So we're back in town for Thanksgiving. I'd, we'd probably have to throw some trickery in there. You know, oh. we'd probably throw them the whole kitchen sink, getting yep. up to the game. So it's fourth and five. Uh, we'd have to pull the old the old Boise State. Statue of Liberty. Fake oh. toss behind wow. the back, handoff. Send him around to the pylon and let, let the, the guy with the best legs make a play. Speaking of that, I guess last question there, Dan. Do you have a favorite trick play that you you like to run or you, you like to have called for you when you were playing? Um, you know, that's a good question. There's a million of them. Um, you know, it's something we study a lot of and, and sure, you know, yeah. try to, try to, you know, it's a little bit of a copycat deal. You find the ones that are working. Right. Uh, but, uh, the flea flicker has always been a staple. Yeah. I love the flea flicker. I can sense it. You can get the safeties <laughs> to, to come up and try to play the run and, uh, just let one fly over the top. So I, I would say it's, so in some way, shape or form, there's a million ways to run it, but, uh, that's a, that's a good one. I love it. That is a great one. Well, all right. I guess um, any other little Bengals news or hope that we can we can look forward to here? Anything you can give away? I'm sure you probably not before we wrap this up here. But uh, oh man, we run a, we run a tight ship around here, and I can't no, I, no secrets. I figured out, so. But, uh, I figured so. Had to ask though. You got to ask. Yeah, yeah. You got to try. We're working hard. <laughs> hey, we appreciate it, man. We we definitely appreciate it, and we appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much, man. Um, we can't thank you enough for your time, and we'd love to, you know, chat sometime in the future. But we would just want to say good luck this season, and and good luck with your career in the future, man. You've been crushing it. All right, thanks, guys. I appreciate that. Yep. Thanks, Sam. Take care. Yep. Bye bye. All right, everyone. We want to thank Dan Pitcher one more time for that great interview and all the insight that he gave us into the game day and and what's it like to be a QB coach. So we're gonna move it on here to our buzzer beaters. We'll have you go first, Dill. I guess why not. Well, I guess this is old news by now, but yeah. with the Baylor win against Gonzaga the other night, all of my brackets, ooh, I was big on Gonzaga, man. Tough. They looked good all year. No one stopped them until Baylor. And Baylor looked freaking great. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, all my brackets went down the drain with that. Mainly because people jumped me with Baylor winning. Yeah, we gotta we gotta give a shout out right here, right now. Winner of the Clubhouse Bracket Challenge because he picked Baylor. 
A lot of Gonzaga fighters up at the top of the bracket that were leading the pack most of the way. I was one of them, I'll have to admit. Dale was like four of them. Um, Nick Chagan. Good old Nicky Chagan. Friend of the show. He's been on a couple times. He won the challenge, so congrats, Nick. Good on you for picking Baylor. Definitely was the right choice this year. They looked unstoppable. Um, and we'll be uh, sending you a little little gift basket with some merch. So congrats, everyone. Well, Nick Chagan, a shout-out. Excuse me. Dill, any more on the national championship there that you had? Baylor had some some good, great players. You know what I mean? Like, they, they were legit. The... I mean, the reason why I liked watching them so much this year, I think, because I'm a big NBA guy. This is no secret about this. I don't watch college basketball too much either, because I don't. I like how in the NBA everybody has the ability to score, and you know anybody can kind of go off per se. Most of the time, it's the same guys, but you know different guys can take advantage and and, and really score. Whereas in college, sometimes it's a system game, or there's guys who you know it's gonna, he's going to be the guy every night. For Baylor, it seemed like anybody on their team could give you 20 points, man. And they could all go one-on-one, just like in the NBA. Yeah. Whereas Gonzaga was kind of running a team offense, um, it seemed like, with running some actual plays, where Baylor was just giving it to Davion Mitchell and Macy Oteague and Butler and letting those guys go to work. And So I think that's why, you know, what made them so special this year and why they were so fun to, to watch, at least from my opinion. Yeah, and, and who knows with the... The COVID year, if they wouldn't have gone undefeated. Yeah, they might have been the one seed if... if after if a three-week break right. and then losing a couple games after that to uh, Kansas and Oklahoma State, who both did not do as well as people expected in the in the tourney. So. Well, plus you're just not going to beat Kansas on senior night. They haven't done it in like 30 years. We talked about that earlier on yeah. the pods. But. Doge, quick little national championship thoughts, then give me your buzzer beater there. I tried to tell you guys about Baylor. You wouldn't listen to me, though. We we can't win our own we can't win our own bracket challenge though so I get it I get why you guys chose Gonzaga you know you gotta give the, you gotta give it to the people sometimes <laughs> there were multiple people up in the top that could have won after the first few rounds going into like the Sweet Sixteen it was wide open so did you pick Baylor in the solo bracket Dosh I I did pick Baylor yeah but oh so you're probably up at the top was, then was garbage so okay. Well, it is what it is. My gauchos didn't do me any favors, so. No. <laughs> it was uh, Chagan, Sherb. Colin Sherber, nice. Jarrett, the Clubhouse Podcast, and Doge. Oh, Bill, nice. Yeah, Doge and the Clubhouse Podcast tied. Nice. Oh. So, yeah, we should, there you go. I almost beat us. Well, <laughs> just proves that you can't beat us. <laughs> we're all Can't we're all stop. we're all good as one. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> oh yeah! Can't stop, won't stop. Huh? Talk about a great, great pregame show. Oh, a little Miley yeah. in there. I mean, hey, there's nothing like the dancing was superb before. Let me there's nothing like just singing a couple of super famous songs and just crushing the performance. Because, like, of course, everybody loves that song. It's not even your song. And it's like, hey, let me throw a cover in here. Just bump out a little queen. Everybody loves it. But, I mean, I don't know. It was good. Good for her. Doge, yeah, cool. Doge, give me your buzzer beater here. 
So I've been our, our Formula One guy yes. here. I'll, I'll, I'll continue to talk about him. Uh, we're we're actually a couple weeks removed from the from the first Grand Prix, and we were supposed to have one this week, but unfortunately, China the Chinese Grand Prix uh, is postponed still. Um, moving it back to later in the year, so we still got to hold off until April eighteenth. It's the next one. We went to going to Italy for the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix. Which is raced at one of the Ferrari home courses, so it's uh, okay. Uh, should be pretty sweet, um, but looking forward to getting those guys back out on the track here in about a week and a half. So uh, looking looking forward to, to catching those guys back out there for sure. Hmm. That'll be exciting for sure. Hopefully, <clears throat> no more postponements of races. But Can we get that name again? The Emilia Romagna Grand Prix. Emilia Romagna. I'm just gonna ask you to randomly. <clears throat> Say those words to me next time. We, we might just have to get Doge to announce each <clears throat> race. Like, that could be fun in itself. <laughs> yeah. Well, the track is even better. The track is at the oh. Autodromo Enzo e Dino Ferrari track. Autodromo Enzo Dino Ferrari. Dino Ferrari. Yeah, Talk about a mouthful, like the guys. Enzo There's some... Ferrari's, like it's his namesake track, so it's pretty. It's pretty probably cool pretty, probably pretty tight. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to bust out a little, uh, little work from the stats team here because we haven't shown them, you know, enough, enough love recently, but, uh, don't, don't call it a, a hot start, Doge, but the Reds right now coming out of the gate like they've never come out of the gate. They have scored the most total runs in the first five consecutive games since 1901, setting a new franchise record with 46 runs, averaging nine runs per game. Guys like Jonathan India are popping off. Guys like Nick Castellanos are popping off. Naquin's popping off. Everybody's hitting the ball right now. It's incredible. So I just want to say the Reds are back right now, and I want to say... Where the heck were these bats in the friggin' postseason, Doge? God dang it. Well, and then it went But you know today. what? I'm taking it right now. I'm taking it right it. now. It went even, it went up even more today. They scored another Yeah, I know. Like, today. yeah, I'm sure the records again. So, so so far they have fifty seven <sighs> through six games. I'm sure that's also the record. There's no you know what I mean? Like Yeah. We're hitting the heck out of the ball. And we're obviously doing well on, on defensively too, but I mean Goes to show you that it's hilarious. I go to the only Reds game we've lost this year. You can't go anymore. I'm not. Well, until I mean, they lose again. That's kind of like me until going up to. Lose again. It's kind of like me going up to Nationwide Arena for a Blue Jackets Lightning game, and every that's time tough. I go up there, we lose. That's tough. As a Lightning fan, the playoffs a couple years ago when they swept us, that was miserable. When I go to Bengals games with Doge, they win. That's interesting. We need season tickets. Yeah. Put let's it on talk, the clubhouse just, card. You want to talk about you, it? You want to talk about a buzzer beater? Let's just present our our resume of Bengals wins to Dan. Yeah. And be like, look at all these games that we've won against Peyton Manning in prime time. If we looped my dad in, he's never seen the Bengals lose in like ten years, and he's Oof. like, he like his yeah. He really picks his games that he goes to though. He might. I don't know. I don't know. He just he loves to say he loves to tout that though. He's like, Bengals never lost when I've been there. He probably just goes to a bunch of Giants games. Yeah. He does. He does. He definitely does. 
He goes to some other ones. I know uh, he was at the Eagles tie that Dylan and I were at. Coldest oh, game I've ever, watched, yeah. ever been a part of. He That was miserable. And then the overtime made it even worse. The Reds game felt that cold. I know oh, it man. wasn't. It felt that cold. Okay. You know, like in terms of like temperature difference because it was snowing. And the day before it was 70. And the day after it was 70. It's well, like, chinchilla. The the FCC rain game also felt that cool. <clears throat> While we're just talking. Yeah, I mean... You know what doesn't really have that, that bad of weather? Hockey. NBA and hockey. Yeah. I'm, yeah, never, been to, a, never, never been to a bad Pacers game. Yeah. <laughs> never been yeah. to a bad Cavs game. Yeah, the Cavs always have a, a perfect thermostat setting, apparently. Spurs, though, they did have the AC go out in the finals that time. That was planned. Yeah, definitely, probably. They're like, yo, get this guy LeBron off the court. We don't want to hurt him, but let's give him some cramps. <laughs> we would like to thank all of our guests on this episode. The M&M team, who won the golf challenge. We had to wait till the end to say it because we were kind of embarrassed to talk about it. But you'll hear it in our warm-up. They won the golf outing this weekend. Good for them. Mitch and Max, congrats. I have little, the official results right here. little Maction. Oh, read them off. <clears throat> well, we got it. This is a great way so, to So, Doge by himself. Yeah, mention that for sure. By himself. Eminem, and then it was Tej and I. We should have uh, Doge hit two balls. So, it was... They were, they were minus one on Doge and minus three on us. So... They won by one stroke. Choked it away, dude. Stupid. And they shot a seven on the last hole. So it's tough. Yeah, we'll get him in the we'll get him in the next outing at Clear Lake. Yeah, we're gonna have to do an Indiana or maybe a Southern Michigan. I I do love a good Michigan course. It's where I played a lot in Toledo. Sure. They had some good courses up there. We especially want to thank our guest. Dan Pitcher, QB coach for the Bengals, now friend of the show. Um, looking forward to seeing what he can do with the Bengals this year. You know he's fired up to work with Joe Burrow. We know you're fired up to hear this. We're going to be fired up for the draft. We're going to have some great coverage for that coming soon. Hopefully some more good guests. Thank you, Doge, for being on, buddy. We appreciate it. Pleasure as always, brother. Thank you, Dill. We appreciate you, my guy. Absolutely, guys. Glad this all worked out. Goodbye. Yes, and and to the fans, we thank you, thank you so much. This is the Clubhouse.